director of Etsy. And today I'll be talking to Sinead Bruni, our managing director, about the changes that are taking place around us and how consumers and clients are trying to deal with those changes. Hello, Sinead, how are you? Yeah, we're good, thanks, today. Uh, we are kind of getting into our routine now. How are you getting on? Great as well. I have five adults in the house. Um, so there's quite a battle for the internet. I never knew that the internet routers were going to be such an issue and home desks and chairs now that I think about it. Sinead, I was reading the other day Maureen Gaffney, the well-known psychologist, saying that this is a time of what she called now normal. She said the old normal is gone and although some people are talking about the new normal, that suggests a stability that really we can't count on at the moment. She was saying that now normal is all we can deal with. And that as humans, that's quite challenging for us to have instability upon instability, not knowing where we're coming from and going to. These are times of really unprecedented changes. What kind of changes would you be reflecting on? I mean, I suppose the biggest thing that we're trying to adapt to is really the pace of change. So that pace of change for ourselves, for our clients, that's what people are really trying to get used to. Um, and none of us could have forecast that this would happen. So even though that is the case, business still has to continue. So it's all of those things. I suppose our retailers, um, the ones that were open for the groceries, the pharmacies, etc., they were the first to adapt and had to adapt extremely quickly to a number of changes. Um, and so too did our consumers. Our consumers have to adapt to a whole new way of working. So I think they are the biggest changes that um, we are experiencing at the moment. Yes, I saw the Banking Federation last week said that 76% of people are using contactless payments. But that is really unheard of. About two or three months ago, you would have had a far, far lower level and cash withdrawals have dropped by 56%. We've done research where people have been so attached to cash and they've resisted moving. And those kind of changes, of course, you don't know if people are going to stick with them or whether this is a temporary one. There must be other examples um, that you can think of where people have changed, but we don't know how long that change is going to take. Well, if we take, for example, something as simple as limiting the number of people in store, with that comes queues and then queue management. Then there's hand sanitizer as you come in, managing the flow of people as they go through the store with strips on the ground, etc. And even um, things such as pre-booking, they're thinking about how they're going to shop or how they're going to use the facility. So if they can pre-book something to avoid that um, interaction, all those cashless payments that you talked about, all of those things are huge changes um, that needed to happen in a very short space of time. Yes, a lot of the fun of shopping is gone, all right, and we'll have to see what will happen. It's strange, there's no browsing, and uh, but it's very challenging for clients, isn't it, to be able to meet the regulations and also provide an environment where people feel comfortable. Well, Ingrid, I think there's a, a lot of things keeping our clients up at night, but one of the areas is around that whole customer journey that we just talked about. So how has that changed for our clients? So what we once knew no longer holds true, should I say. So it is around how they can have a positive experience. So when we think of a customer journey now, there's a whole 
number of stages that weren't there before. Even when we talk about that pre-planning stage of hand sanitizer, of thinking about opening hours, have I got my list, have I got my bag, all of those types of things have been added to the journey. So our clients are looking to see, well, what are the new things that have come into the journey and how can they prepare or how can they take those stresses away from the consumer and make it a positive experience for them and make that customer journey a positive one. As we don't know how long this is going to go on, tell me a little bit more about the stresses and the problems and challenges that they pose. Well, I think as we talked about, it's more about how those stresses can have a negative impact on the brand. And no one whose experience is negative or has a stressful journey is going to feel good about a particular product or brand. So it's really trying to look at those stresses, as we've said, and taking those stresses away. We'll notice that there's kind of different types of stresses that people are coming up against as we go through the crisis. <clears throat> One is about space, that people have enough space to move about. The other is about touch, that again, that contactless, is there a way that I can, I can avoid touching things? So it's looking at those different types of stresses and really seeing what they can do to alleviate those. A lot of the new changes to journeys have obviously come about by government regulation and instruction. But of course, there's a whole emotional side for consumers, not only themselves, but as they look at other people and how other people are behaving um, within that. Can you talk to me a little bit about that side? We know from the research that we've conducted today that it's not only the government regulations that's caused those barriers to making journeys. It's the lockdown, it's the virus itself that's making people feel a little more vulnerable. That doesn't necessarily put them in that vulnerable category. They just feel a little more emotionally exposed, I suppose. And for many of those, they need reassurances from the brands that their needs are being catered for. Last year, we did quite a bit on the System 1 emotional connections um, to, to brands with the brand reaction index. And I suppose that really showed us that if people have a positive emotional connection to a brand, that they make the choice on that brand a lot quicker. They make the choice to choose that brand and that it is in their heads a much more easier choice. It's a good choice, should I say, um, for them. So getting that positive emotional connection with your consumers is, is really quite important. Yes, coming back to Maureen Gaffney's idea of the now normal as opposed to the new normal, she talks a lot about the stresses that humans are undergoing and the support that they need or they respond very well to. What does that mean, I think, for clients or services that customers relate to? Well, I think I've always said the only constant is change. I actually only gave a talk about that a couple of months ago. Now, at the time, I didn't couldn't predict the phenomenal changes that were coming at us. But I think businesses always have to be aware that there is change and it's something that they should be bringing into to any business model. So this is something that businesses need to be aware of. If you're not planning for change, I think you're already putting yourself on a back foot. The now normal, as Dr. Maureen Gaffney quite rightly points out, is where we stand at this moment in time. With the regulations that they are at this moment in time, we can plan for how they may change, but let's look at how that is now at this moment. And 
then what we need to do is to assess where our consumers are and our staff are in this now normal. What does that mean to us? Where are the stress points? What are the concerns at this now normal? And as things are going to change and as regulations are going to change and things um, restrictions begin to ease, we need to keep checking in with our consumers and our staff to see how those things might be changing for us. Quite a challenge though, isn't it? When the now normal changes all the time, what we're dealing with now, the end of May could be different by the end of June. So you need to be fairly agile, don't you, to be able to keep up with both the regulations and then the consumer needs. I think you absolutely have to be agile. It's important to build a coherent approach to this now normal. I think there's some really good examples of how that has been happening. Perhaps it's because I'm missing it, but one of the uh, examples was a couple of weeks ago, I had an email in from Brown Thomas offering a virtual shopping experience. Now they are beginning to open up and they're going to offer time slots, I believe, um, and all of those things. So they're adapting and changing to the now normal week by week, really. You mentioned something about a traffic light approach or something like that that, that you'd come across. Yes, I heard some very interesting examples from Europe where museums were reopening. And in order to provide people with a bit of safety, obviously a museum is something you browse around, you don't need anything, you don't actually need to go there. But they're trying to provide something that would make people feel safe. So in Amsterdam, for example, they're giving out electronic lanyards. If you get too close to somebody, it'll buzz gently, I hope, to warn you not to go too close to them. And in Milan, they have a traffic light system on some areas of um, their galleries if they're getting too full. So you could see department stores and shopping centers and large spaces using those kinds of things just to make people feel that they can move comfortably um, and don't have to rely on the behavior of others. Online is also one area that has grown quite significantly. Do you think, and virtual shopping, as you mentioned, do you think that allays some of the stresses? There definitely has been a move to online. I think those at the very outset who had no choice but to do their grocery shopping online, this was a whole new experience for many of those. Even for us as we tried to get items that were running short of, where the stores aren't open, we've had to adapt and go online for those items. I think those businesses that already had an online presence were best placed to take advantage of the situation or to, to um, adapt to this situation. But even those smaller retailers who didn't have an online presence, they have had to showcase um, online. They've had to change and adapt to customer queries, online payments. All of those things have had to be changed for, for those retailers. So there's definitely been that move. But also I think people are using online as an information source more so. So if I am planning a trip to a museum, to a gallery, to a particular store, are there things that I can a, pre-book online, my ticket, so I don't have to have that um, personal interaction? Checking opening times, checking what the regulations are, do I need to bring a face mask, etc. So we're certainly using online for that information gathering. So building up that presence or reassuring uh, people of the experience and what they need using your online tools would be very worthwhile, absolutely. 
certainly takes a lot of the fun out of shopping though, doesn't it? The spontaneity and everything. In this new normal, Sinead, what do you think is the ultimate goal and how achievable is it for brands at this time? I suppose the ultimate goal is that we all want to emerge from this crisis as strong as we possibly can. The actions we take now will ultimately define how we regenerate. It's hugely important that we get this right, not only for our brand, but also for our customers and our staff, and also to continue the roadmap to recovery. To not get this right just sets us all back. We all have a part to play in this recovery. And for the economic recovery, it's so important that the part that we play allows us all to live our day-to-day lives as safely as we possibly can, and to continue to do business, to grow the economy, but to try and stay safe for our staff and for our customers. As human experts in Red Sea, what do you think we can do to help our clients understand the challenges that consumers are going through and help them formulate plans to move forward? At Red Sea, we've developed a framework for our clients, which we hope will help them to navigate this exact thing. It combines the government regulations, understanding all of those, but also the human needs of both staff and consumers. And to really see how that redefines the customer journey, but also really keeping the both the legal and emotional impacts in mind because they have to work together. Now, we rather dramatically call this Red Phoenix. So if you like, it's rising from the ashes of this crisis uh, in a regenerated form, hopefully stronger than ever. Really, we want to ensure that we are keeping the emotional influence at the heart of people's reactions to any government regulations. So that's really what we're trying to do there. Obviously, we hope that none of our brands or our clients are in any ashes, but what we're trying to do is to give them the framework to, and we believe that this tool allows them to rebuild and have the tools available to them to build in a positive way and grow and regenerate out of this crisis. There's a really nice Socrates quote, which is, the about change, the secret of change is to focus all your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And I believe that's really what we're trying to do through all of this. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's essential that we accept the huge upheaval that we've gone through as the now normal and just move forward. There's no point in looking back really and trying to recreate the past. And it just shows that consumers are very adaptable as well. Now, where they're going to go is another question. Sinead, it's been really interesting talking to you this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you, Emer. It was lovely. Thank you all for watching this Red Talks. Next week, Kira Riley, another one of our directors, will be talking about brand assets and category entry points. This is a wonderfully interesting area of how to identify your brand collateral, the items, the colours, the aspects to attach to. And also in looking at category entry points to look at the attachments that brands have to different ways that consumers behave. So join us again on Red Talks.